Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to our Apostolic Prophetic Empowerment Wednesday night service. I am premiering um, this particular um, session in our prophetic studies because it's my son's birthday, and so we're spending some family time with him, and we yet want to continue to remain faithful to the word of the Lord. Um, we are finishing up our um, book study, prophetic studies, on um, engaging the authentic prophetic voice written by yours truly. And so this week, the book was only four chapters, but this week I'm going to conclude in talking about the prophet as intercessor the prophet as intercessor. And I believe I covered that in chapter three. So we're going to get started with that. Um, if you want to follow along, you can follow along in chapter three. Um, but for the most part, I just want you to stay tuned and pay attention, okay? Because God is going to speak to our hearts tonight, going to continue um, in our studies in terms of prophetic studies, studying the prophecy, studying the move of the prophets, and also studying uh, what prophetic ministry looks like. And so we're going to be doing that all summer long, okay? So let's get ready to get started. We're coming out of Genesis chapter 18, um, verses 16 through 23. I want you to pay attention, okay? Because something very, very powerful and phenomenal is taking place here in the scriptures. The Bible says, and the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, I love this. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham? the thing which I do. Verse 19, I went forward a few verses there. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. I love this. I love the way the Lord phrased all of this, right? Um, and verse 23 says, and Abraham drew near and said, will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? So let's take a few moments and sort of dive in and let's see what's happening here. The fact that God and Abraham are friends is already established way before this incident takes place. God and Abraham had an established friendship. They had an established relationship. It is important if you are a prophet or if you are a prophetic believer and you're looking to represent the kingdom of God, the voice of God, the will of God, the ways of God, the mind of God on earth, you got to be in touch with who he is. I think we covered that in chapter one. You need to build this relationship. Um, in, in, you know, in terms of, I talked about how when someone needs a lawyer and you retain a lawyer, well, what do you do? The lawyer just doesn't show up to court to defend your case, right? Or prosecute or what have you. He uh, schedules an appointment or you schedule an appointment to sit down and have a consult or a consultation. And the lawyer is gathering information so that he can or she can present you in court, represent you, represent you in court. Same thing happens in the prophetic. You want to spend time with God so that when it's time for you to defend right? His word, his mind, his will, his emotions, his heart, his will. You can do that with uh, fidelity and integrity, right? Because you have spent time in consult, in consultation, so that you're able to accurately articulate and convey what's on his mind to the people. So Abraham and God had already established this relationship. And so now was the time, the time had come. By this time, Lot and, and um, Abraham had already had their riff of sorts and Lot decided to take the greener pastures by way of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? 
Now, Abraham had already interceded and had fought battles because Lot had been um, kidnapped with some other folks, praise God, and, and Abraham went in, rescued them, and at that time, Abraham was thinking, well, Lot, surely Lot will come home, right? Lot didn't come home, Lot returned, and so Abraham allowed um, Lot to make that decision, didn't fight him on that choice, let him have it. But now the time comes, it's a different war that's about to hit Sodom and Gomorrah. And this type of war, um, you know, it was not fought with hands. This was uh, a mighty battle. This battle was not a, a carnal warfare at all. This was a spiritual battle. And so the Lord, listen, God is on his way to do battle against Sodom and Gomorrah. But because Abraham and God had this established relationship, the Lord thought to himself to let Abraham in on his plans to destroy. God said, there's a voice coming up. There's a cry, right? Somebody has reported this thing and God being the just God that he is, the, um, he weighs all things in the balance. And so before he releases judgment, God allows time for explanation, visitation, intercession. And so this is what he's doing here. And so the Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I do? And I want you to kind of capitalize on that point, because here you have um, Abraham, a friend of God. He's also Lot's uncle, right? And so Abraham has this vested interest in um, Lot's welfare, in his well-being. Now, Abraham could have said, you know what? this dude did me wrong, did me dirty, God, you know what I'm saying? Took off, took half of my cattle, took the better part of the land. But Abraham had, first of all, he was a friend of God. And so he understood the heart of God. He understood that redemptive nature of God, that forgiving nature of God, that long-suffering nature of God, right? And so in that, God says, you know, I'm not, I value this relationship and this friendship that I have with Abraham to the degree, I'm not just going to go and destroy this city, knowing that his family is there. I'm going to let him in on this. I'm going to clue him in and let him know what's happening. And then I'm going to leave it up to him, right? And so what happens is the Lord begins to explain, listen to this. Now, we often say God doesn't have to explain himself. God is God all by himself. And you're right. And that is true. But because Abraham and God were friends, God did explain himself to Abraham. Now, I'm not saying that that's the norm, that any time God is going to do something, he's going to stop by and explain. Uh, this was an extraordinary situation, but it was built upon an extraordinary friendship. Abraham had made tremendous sacrifices for the sake of the kingdom, for following the ways of God, following after what God had expected of him. So th this was an extraordinary relationship. And so God honored that. He's always going to, God is always going to honor when you go above and beyond, right? He's always going to honor these sacrifices. Um, and so the Lord explains himself in Genesis 18 to 20, Abraham being a prophet. So this is what that can look like. Okay. All, and, and you'll see, I have a quote later on, all prophets are intercessors, but not all intercessors are prophets. And so God knew that Abraham is not just a prophet, not just my friend. He's also an intercessor. So I'm not going to rob him of this opportunity to intercede on behalf of his loved ones. And so God explains himself to the prophet. God, God, <laughs> God, period. But God explains himself to the prophet. And he said, this is the reason why I'm on my way down to Sodom. Because I've heard the report about this grievous sin, right? And I'm going to go down now, right? And this was in a theophany because, of course, no man can see God and live, right? Um, this was in a theophany, in a God form. Okay, or in a God shape. He says, I will go down and I'm going to see whether this is what it is. 
and you know, brother is so or what have you. And so I love the fact that God, nothing God does, and that's in our current events or in events from the past and events to come, nothing God does is, is without examination. Nothing. He weighs things in the balance and he's a just God. He's not, and, and, and listen, I, I'm saying this because um, because I was kind of torn with which example I wanted to use tonight. And, but, you know, God is not angry with the people we're angry with, right? And so we have to be very careful as a prophet or a prophetic believer that when we're releasing words, that we're not releasing them out of the container of our emotions, right? We're not releasing them out of the container of our experiences with the person that happened to Jonah. We saw what happened. So with, uh, with, with, with Lot and Abraham, uh, God trusted listen to this intercessors god trusted the voice of intercession come out of abraham that it would be pure because there's some folk you don't want praying for you and abraham could have very well said hey he did me dirty that's what he get the boy just got uh kidnapped a couple of years ago i took 318 men out of my own house went and did battle for him brought him back you would think he would learn his lesson and would stay home with us no he wants to one run back and be the elder at sitting at the gate right that's what sort of uh, lot was he was the elder he was a, 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 a elder sitting at, at the gate and so abraham could have taken up that cause against lot and say hey this is what he did to me so you know what he's on his own not my circus not my monkeys not my circus but when you have the heart of an intercessor or when you have an intercessor's heart sometimes god will require you to pray for and intercede for folks that have done you wrong okay and god trusted abraham to pray according to the will of God and not according to that of his own flesh. Remember, we talked about that. Or did we talk about that? No, I think that was another message that I ministered. And I talked about how we pray. James talked about how we pray for things and we don't see them materialize um, or manifest because we're praying them out of our own flesh, right? But for an intercessor, those of you intercessors, God is trusting you to pray that prayer and intercede from a place of righteousness. And so God says, I'm going to go down to find out whether this is so. And Abraham drew near Right. In other words, Abraham put himself in the middle of a situation that literally had nothing to do with him. Talking to prophetic people now, because there are times when God will reveal God revealed this thing to Abraham. God said, I'm about to go down and I'm about this about to be a problem. Somebody's about to have like the king of bad days. Like for real, <laughs> like they're about to experience a side of me that I promise you they have never seen before. And here's what Abraham did. Abraham stood in between favor and judgment, favor that God had placed on his life and the judgment that was on its way to Sodom and Gomorrah. That's a dangerous place. This is why, let me say this, because I'm going to say this. This is why we, there's a, a famine of true intercessors. Just because you can pray doesn't make you an intercessor. But intercessors, that word enter means go between and seed, right? That means stop fire, cease fire, right? And so first of all, we, we find that intercessors don't really even know what that means. Um, just because you're praying for someone doesn't mean that you're interceding, right? Um, praise God. That's a whole nother message. Uh, but Abraham stood up from a place of peace. He had peace, in his life and in what God was doing in his life. He stood up from that and intercepted, interjected himself, introduced himself into a conflict between God and Sodom and Gomorrah. That's a true prophet. That's a true prophet. 
who will say, you know what, everything is going fine in my house. My bills are paid. My family is okay. Everything is good. But the Lord is revealing something to me. So I'm going to stand up and I'm going to put myself on the front line of fire. And I'm going to go and stand up and defend these people against a God that's not playing with them. That's a true prophet that will say, I have so much favor with God. Even though you mistreated me, well, I don't know who I'm talking to because I feel God right here. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who this is for, but this this is what this passage is showing us that this prophet had so much favor with God that he said, "You know, I've got so much favor that praise God, something's making noise in my office. I've got so much favor that I will put myself on the front line of fire and defend you, even though you did me wrong." These are true prophets. These are not folks that are led by their feelings and their emotions and how much you gave them and their offering and how many times you invite them to their church. These are true prophets that will put their life on the line, that will that will um, endanger their own selves for the righteousness of God. Okay, and so Abraham drew near. Abraham introduced himself into a conflict that had nothing to do with him. Why? Because God brought it to his attention. And sometimes as a prophet, God will reveal things to you. You don't have to say, God, give me a word. First of all, I'm not one of those people. Like, you know, I'm good. If God is not speaking to me about something, thank you. That means I don't have to carry a burden for that. And in August, we'll talk about the burden of the prophetic ministry. We will talk about that. There is a burden. When God brought this revelation to Abraham that this is what I'm about to do, there was a burden released. And as a result of that burden being released, Abraham had a decision. He could either say, hey, not my monkeys, not my circus, ain't got nothing to do with that, bro. They on their own. But because he had the heart of God, he's a friend of God. Because number one, he understands, I know God doesn't really want to do this because he's telling me about it. This is bothering God. This is on God's heart. And as a prophet, you, you will know when something is weighing on the heart of God. He wants to talk to somebody about it. And, and, and what God is saying, talk me out of it, right? I need somebody. Listen, he said, I have to bring right righteousness by my own right hand. Like, I don't have any intercessors. So let me invite you into a situation so you can intercede, right? And so um, the Lord is saying, I really don't want to do this. It's not my will that any man should perish. I really don't want to do this. So nobody else's clue can, can pick up on this in the realm of the spirit. Nobody in Sodom and Gomorrah truly can feel nothing, no God at all. But I know my friend Abraham. Abraham. I know he will get up out of his bed and he'll have communion with me. He'll have fellowship. I'm going to, shall I hide from this? Shall I hide? Listen, and so there are things God hides from us. Hello, somebody. There are things God will hide from folk he can't trust doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean that you're not called. Doesn't mean that you're not anointed. God just doesn't trust you with that assignment. He found that he could trust Abraham. And so he said, why should I hide this from Abraham? I'm planning to do something. Why should I hide this from him? Think about it. Why would somebody hide key information from you? Like if there was something you really needed to know and somebody chose not to tell you, Regardless of what the fallout would be, why would they not tell you? Could be a number of reasons. They are afraid of the way you'll react. They don't trust your involvement. They don't want your involvement. You understand? So there are a number of reasons why people spare you the details. But God did not spare Abraham. He said, why should I hide this from him? Shall I hide this from Abraham, this thing that I'm about to do? He said, no, I trust him. 
I trust him enough to have this type of conversation and I trust him with whatever response comes as a result of that. And so Abraham drew near and said, will you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Guess what? Do you know what Abraham did, people of God? Abraham spoke the word of God back to God. Abraham picked up God's burden. God really did not want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But he needed someone because, listen, in Genesis, he had given dominion to man. And so Abraham was the only human agent on the earth that could stand between what God needed to do and what God would have to do. And Abraham got in the middle of a dangerous place. Moses got in the middle of a dangerous place. Elijah stood in the middle of a dangerous place. When you intercede on behalf of people that God is about to visit, that's a place of danger. That's a place of danger. And not everybody wants that, right? Let's move on. Let's see. Um, and, and so you know the story. I didn't go into depth here, but if you don't know the story, you need to go back and read Genesis chapter 18 in its entirety and find out what happened. Um, but you'll find him talking about prophets as, um, as intercessors, that God is looking for someone to intercede. Everybody wants to give a word. Oh, the Lord told me. I heard the Lord say, I feel the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not mocking none of that. But what I'm saying is we hear that and we see that. But how many of us are going beyond I heard, I saw, I felt, I feel. And we're actually standing up in front of God saying, Lord, wait a minute. I know you said you're about to visit this city. I know you said you're about to visit this group of people. I know you said you're about to do that. But God, I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, can you find mercy? If you find anybody righteous, Lord God, Lord, will you raise up a prophet in that area? Will you send an apostle? Will you send an evangelist? God, will you allow this person's book to get finished so this person in their bloodline can read it? Who's standing up interceding? Or are we just saying, I, the Lord showed me he's going to shut it down and we're okay with that? Just because, just because God showed it to you doesn't necessarily mean it has to come to pass. I'm going to say that again because I, I will hear people say, well, that's what God showed me. We're not denying that God showed you that. But what we're saying is, yes, God showed it to you, but did you pick up the burden of God's heart? Did you hear what God didn't say? Did you hear his heart cry? Did you hear the longing that he has for his people to return to him? Because that's his ultimate goal, is to return the children to the father. Ultimate goal is reconciliation. And so a lot of us, and I, I would, I'm just going to say this, there are some prophets and prophetic people who are mean, they are judgmental, they are condescending, um, they are arrogant, conceited high-minded, the whole nine. Um, and they will not intercede. Well, that's just what God said. And many times when you find prophetic people operating in that spirit, um, there are some underlying things going on. There's, some, there's a root of bitterness for sure. There's a root of bitterness. Um, there's some, a whole lot of, there are many unhealed places probably coming from childhood and in young adulthood, there, there's some unhealed places. And so now like Jonah, um, I don't really want to see anybody prosper if I'm not prospering. I'm not going to pray for you. God said it. And that's just, we just got, that's just God's word is final. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Except someone intercede 
and allow God an opportunity to change his mind. So who will intercede? We have a, we have a lot of prophets. Everybody's prophesying and you should, right? We're in the last days and the Holy Spirit has poured out this spirit of all flesh shall prophesy young and daughter, young men and women, young and old, everybody's prophesying, everybody's receiving impartations. But who is hearing God to the point to where they would stop and say, Lord, I know you showed me that about her, about him, about them. But Lord, I ask you in your mercy, Father, please, God, give them another opportunity. Change, Lord God, change the circumstances, bring somebody into their life, open up doors for them, God, renew their minds. Lord, reveal it, release a dream, release somebody on their job, release somebody at the gas station to minister a word. Lord, draw them from their unrighteous ways, draw them from their frustrate, from their crafty devices, God, heal them from their backslidings. Who's willing to do that? But we're prophesying. It's more to just, I heard God say, the Lord is saying, there's so much more than that. There's a point where you actually tap into the heart of God. You're not just hearing what he's saying, right? But you tap into the heart of God and you, you listen to his heartbeat. And you feel, even though God, I heard you say that, but what, do you, what did you mean when God spoke and told Moses, you know, I will destroy all of them and make a great nation out of you. God, he said it. And he was angry when he said it, but Moses was like, no, Lord, you don't want the Egypt to hear that you brought them into the wilderness and turn around and destroy them. Come on, God. He appealed and Moses appealed as a prophet and an intercessor, even though Moses himself was being provoked with the people. And later on, he lost his inheritance because of the people, right? So you have to learn as a prophet or a prophetic believer, when you're receiving words from the Lord, you have to learn how to settle the account of your own emotions. And you also have to realize that prophesying, it takes more than I heard God said, the Lord said, I, that's wonderful, but there's more to it, okay? So all prophets are intercessors, but not all intercessors are prophets, all right? So understand that if you are a prophet, you're walking in that, that vocation, praise God for you. We thank God for you. More grace abound unto you. But understand that there's another level of intercession, uh, excuse me, there's another level a prophetic ministry that goes beyond, I heard the Lord say it, I feel, I see. And there's a level of prophetic intercession where you're standing in the counsel of God, right? And you're helping him make decisions that shape nations. Listen, for me, I'd rather be that prophet, and I have been, that will stand in the counsel of God and just talk to him and feed his stuff back and forth, as opposed to me standing up over somebody, the Lord said, you, and he had the black, stand up, you. I'd rather stand in a council. I'd rather shape destinies. And nobody would ever know. You will not see it on Facebook or on YouTube or uh, Clubhouse or whatever else is out there that people come up with. You'll never see that. You will never see that part of the prophetic, the prophet as intercessor, because it is a most intimate, intimate part of prophetic ministry that I rarely hear people talk about. It's the point where God sits back and listens to the prophet. Not so much you hearing, I'm hearing you, Lord, what are you saying? But with the prophetic intercessor or the intercessor as prophet, God sits back and listens to you and lets you try the case. That's a powerful, powerful, powerful prophet that can stand in the counsel of God and give God counsel.
Now, listen, let me say that. Let me frame that because I don't want nobody to run off. Oh, well, she said we counsel God. Don't lie on me. I said it, but you need to understand the revelation behind it. Tell the whole truth, okay? What I'm saying is in Abraham's case, in Moses's case, and oh gosh, maybe Elijah's case, if I thought a little further and deeper, maybe Ezekiel, you know, some of these prophets who went before the Lord and had conversations with him about things that he wanted to do to people that he was angry with. And they were able to change his mind. Even Jonah, Jonah went and preached and caused the people to repent. And as a result of their repentance, God changed his mind. So it can happen, people of God, right? To where you can um, you can grow or mature into such a level of prophetic ministry to where you may never pick up the microphone and utter a mumbling word in the public, but in your secret chamber, you can have counsel with the Lord and he's listening to you. So the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I do? I need somebody to feed this back to me. When you have, when you have, found that place in God. My brothers and my sisters, that's a powerful, powerful place. I'm telling you to see, to, to know that God gives you ear. God gives you ear. And I'm not talking about praying, Lord, I need you to fix it. God, do this. I'm not talking about praying. I'm talking about counsel where you're standing in the council chambers of the Lord and you're saying, well, Lord, what about two people? What, what do you do about three? Would you? And he's talking, he's, he's talking God out of what he's about to do. Y'all it's powerful. It's powerful. That's a little prophetic ministry that, that I don't know if people understand exists or they know that they can tap into that to where God wants to come to you and hear what you have to say about the matter. What do you have to say about it? What do you think? So there's a fellowship among friends, right? When you think about when you're about to do something, you call your friend, girl, I'm thinking about buying this dress. What you think? Let me send you a picture. Let me screenshot it to you. What you think? You think I look good in it? You think it's my color? You think I got the right shoes? You will trust a decision that you're about to make with someone whose decision you trust. Or you may be a fella, hey, I'm about to buy this car. Let me screenshot it to you. Let me FaceTime and show you this car. Man, look at the rim. Look at the motor. Look at all. What you think, man? You think I'll be all right with this? You think it's going to last a long time or whatever? You, When you're about to make life decision, life altering decisions, you're going to trust that, that conversation with somebody whose decision making skills you trust. You're not going to call somebody that you don't know or somebody who doesn't have uh, interest in your life or that you would place value in the relationship. You're going to have a conversation with somebody who you trust that they'll tell you, girl, now, you know, good. Well, you that you can't do no one that dress, honey. No, let me show you what you look like good in. Or, bro, come on, man, you just bought a car, man. You got a, a little baby on the way. Is it really the time for that, bro? You want someone who will have open, honest relationship, uh, open, honest discussions with you. Uh, and not worry about your feelings or whether you're going to block them or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I love you. I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you know you like it or not, but you asked, right? You, you gave me the invitation, right? So there is this fellowship that God wants to have with us to where when there are things that are burnt, that, that are burdening him, things that are grieving him, right? He can come to you and say, look, 
I, I, I'm not going to hide this from you. Let me show you this dream. Let me reveal this revelation to you. Let me speak to you and, and let me drop this thing in your spirit. And then I want you to talk it back to me and, and just let me hear from you. Let me hear, you know, feed my word back to me. Feed me, feed me, you know, remind me of the promises. Put me in remembrance. Because right now, you know, it's hard. <laughs> you know what I'm, saying? I'm just saying. But he, he, will, he will allow you and give you that space to have those conversations, but you're gonna have to be friend zone first. And I mean that in a good way. In, a, in dating thing, you friend zone as bad, but in the kingdom of God, in the prophethood, when you've been friend zone, that's a good thing. Where God trusts you, he trusts your counsel. He trusts your um, integrity. He, he trusts the way you handle things. He didn't say, oh man, not Lot. Sarah, come here. You are, I can't believe you, you got to hear this. Mm -mm. Abraham didn't tell anybody. It was between him and God. So he wasn't seeking for accolades or y'all got to hear this revelation. Boy, let me announce that I'm the first one to find out God is on his way to Sodom. He did not do that. He took it to heart. And the Bible said he drew near. He's like, God, wait, whoa, whoa. And he ran, it's almost like he ran to catch up with God. Like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Let's talk about this. Well, hold on. Wait a minute now. Let's talk about it. Friends. And God stopped. He paused and gave space to Abraham. And Abraham was like, hey, can I get 50? If you get 50, give me 40. If you get 20. I mean, Abraham really worked it. He really worked that, that, that intercession craft to the point God said, okay, fine. All right, I'll do as you say. I, I'll, I will agree with you. And I think I'm going to my next point. So the prophet as intercessor, a um, couple of things we want to keep in mind here. Abraham prayed for everybody. He didn't just pray for a lot. He didn't just pray for a lot's wife or their daughters. He prayed for the whole country, Sodom and Gomorrah. He prayed for everybody, right? He disregarded his conflict, his relationship conflict with Lot. When you are an intercessor, especially a prophet type intercessor, what someone has done to you, what they have said about you is irrelevant. Like you are so much more mature in your emotions and in the way you process your thoughts than I ain't saying nothing. God, you're going to get them. Just let me know when you're done. No, you, you, you're more mature. You have a different mindset um, to just allow, to just sit back and allow God to just move and release judgment. And so there was a place in Abraham where, despite what Lot had done, I care about his soul. I care about his family. And not just him. Moving to my next point, I understand what they're doing in Sodom and Gomorrah. We heard. I've seen. I'm not so much moved by what they do because God can save, God can heal, and God can deliver. Lord, just save. If you can find anybody righteous, save them, Lord. I know that it's surrounded by, uh, they're vexed with the filthy uh, conversations of the wicked, the Bible says. But if there's somebody there, Lord, that they, that you can reach, Lord, if there's somebody there that can hear you, you crying and you pulling and calling them, Lord, can you save them? That was the heart of an intercessor as a prophet. It's not just hearing God, but he went to action. He didn't just say, hey, hey, I heard the Lord say he's on the way to Sodom. No, it's not just speaking judgment. And I find that sometimes as prophets, I find that people just speak judgment. The Lord said, it, you know, this and so forth. The Lord. And I'm like, man, is there any mercy anywhere? Is God allowing opportunity for people to repent or he just cutting folk off without remedy? You know, like, you know, where's the mercy seat around here? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so 
Abraham disregarded even the moral condition of Sodom and Gomorrah. It wasn't about what they were doing and who they was doing it with. And some of us are worried about the wrong things. You're so focused on their sin that you overlook your sin, right? Which is judging somebody and condemning somebody. Who are you to judge? Who are you to condemn? Now, I'm not saying don't call a spade a spade. But what I am saying is uh, you look beyond a person's fault and you see their need, right? We don't just judge and hang people out to dry. You pray for them. You intercede. You be the light and you let God be God plant the seed, pray to someone water and let God get the increase. And then finally, you find that um, uh, that uh, Abraham engaged in prayer until God agreed with him. You hear what I said? It wasn't a one and none. Abraham engaged in prayer. Go back and read it. He continued in that conversation. Well, what about this, Lord? Well, what about this, Lord? What about that, Lord? Have you thought about this? What about this, Lord? He kept, he would not release that prayer burden. And we cannot release it until we see the breakthrough, until we see the change, until, until we see the deliverance, until God agrees and say, okay, yes, that's a good idea. That's what I'm going to do. And then what happened as a result of that? God hearkened to Abraham's prayer, hearkened to that intercession, um, placed value in the friendship that he had with Abraham. And what happened? He sent men to knock on Lot's door and say, hey, you better get up out of here because I can't find nobody else in this town but y'all. Let's go. Come on. Pack it up. Let's go. God halted his judgment and his wrath until Lot and his family were safely out of sight. Unfortunately, his wife looked back. They told them not to look back. She looked back and she was destroyed. But the the, the clincher here is the, the what what to seal this whole prophet as intercessor is Abraham could have taken the stance to say, not my problem. He should have stayed here. You should not have done that. You shouldn't have went over there. You shouldn't have, shouldn't have, shouldn't have, shouldn't have right? And stand in that judgment role. He did not do that. And that's why God knew that he could have that relationship, have that conversation with Abraham, because he knew what Abraham was going to feed him back in return. So some of you may say, well, God, man, the Lord has never talked to me like that. He's never done me like that. Why? Can God trust you? If he's about to visit somebody's family and they did something to you, can God trust you to honestly and, and faithfully stand in the gap and, and pray and ask God to save and heal, Lord, have mercy, Lord God. Father, I come to stand in between you and, 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 and this family, Lord God. I come and stand between you and him, you and her. I'm asking you, I mean, with hands up, Lord God, I, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus, Lord. Your word says, God, you know, who, who has done that? Or do we run with the Lord said, I seen, I heard, I feel, okay? So I wanted to close out with that thought surrounding the prophet as intercessor, that the prophet that releases and speaks is wonderful, but the prophet who can stand in the counsel of God and help shape and change the destiny of nations, that prophet is a mighty prophet. That's a friend of God. And we all want to elevate and mature and evolve in our prophethood 
to where we become the friends of God, not just a servant of God, not just a son, but can he call you friend, right? So I want you all to prepare for our um, beginning in July. We're going to begin studying in my next book on the prophetic, and it's entitled, see if you guys can see this, The Six Obligations of the Prophet in Spiritual Warfare. Okay, you can go on Amazon and get your copy. You can download download the ebook if you want. Um, it's got how many chapters? It's got seven chapters, but they're not long chapters. I don't really, I don't write long books. I'm more of a teacher, so I want to get to the point and be done with it. Um, but it's got seven chapters, and so we'll probably do like maybe two chapters a week or something like that. Um, but at any rate, I want you to go ahead and get a copy of it. Be a blessing to the ministry, and um, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. What, what God's expectations are of the prophet in spiritual warfare. One of my favorite, I had so much fun writing this book, y'all, because, you know, first of all, we're always in spiritual warfare. There's always something going on. Um, and, and so we just learn how to, um, how to equip ourselves as prophets or as prophetic believers, which you all are, you need to tap into that grace. And, and so that book is going to spell that out for you. And then coming in August, we're going to um, talk about the burden of prophetic ministry. And I alluded to that just a little bit earlier. Um, you know what that means. You got the word. Now, what do you do with it? Right. Do you hold it? Do you speak it? Do you release it? What do you do? Um, so we'll talk about that in August. So this is a good time to get ready to sow into the ministry. You all are faithful followers. And so you should certainly have this information handy by now. Jot it down, screenshot it. If you're unable to give at this time. Pray that the Lord will bless you so that you can give, right? Um, ask God for opportunities. Lord, I want to bless the Love Church. Apostle Delisa is a phenomenal teacher, woman of God. She's got a lot of things going, a lot of things going on, but she's faithful. You know, she's faithful in delivering the word. She doesn't cash out and cash tag everything she does. She just wants us to grow closer to the Lord and grow in our walk. And so I want to be a blessing. I just don't have it right now. So Lord, make a way for me. Right. And so, and God will do that. God will do that. So I want you to jot this information down and at any time, day and night, any time, whenever the spirit of God hits you, spirit of the Lord hits you, be a blessing to the ministry. Okay. And so until then, until, um, the first, well, next Wednesday, <laughs> um, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we want you to come back and let's begin digging into the six obligations of the prophet in spiritual warfare. You don't want to miss this. Tell your friends, tell your prophet folks, it's time to learn about how to equip ourselves in spiritual warfare. Well, may God's grace and his peace and his glory rest upon you. May the your, your family, your household be blessed. May the works of your hand be blessed. Anything that's uh, manifesting in your body, contrary to the Holy Spirit, contrary to the, the fabric or the design, your original design pattern, may it be dissolved and broken down and destroyed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Any battle mitigating against you, any words that's fighting you in the realm of the spirit, um, anybody fighting you in the natural, trying to hold you back, trying to block you, let God arise and let all of his enemies be scattered in Jesus' name. Let nothing stop you from obtaining all that God has for you. Amen. We love you and we bless God for you and we'll see you next time. God bless you.